Well, good morning. Welcome. Glad we're here all together doing this together. This is not a, a time for us to be here and you to be there, uh, but for us together to participate in what God has for us this morning. It's fun to d- try to describe church to people who don't, you know, do church or go to church, um, and how the words we use and the way that we, we talk about this thing, and this is a corporate gathering, a time for us to engage each other, uh, a time for us to engage what God has and for us to understand and then bring the Spirit into the spaces in our life that we exist in now. So uh, I encourage voices from out there, not just during songs of worship, but even when we're here studying God's Word and worshiping. Um, I encourage responses and amens and all that good stuff that uh, come out of us as we are engaging this morning. So I'm excited as we continue to move into the book of Mark together this morning. That's where we've um, that's where we've been launching. That's what we've been, we've been going through together. We started last weekend, um, and uh, we, we started with some of these questions to help gather, gather our mind and get our mind around how are we reading Scripture. And so I, have, I hope that you got to have some good conversations this week with friends and others of, uh, of what that looks like for you in your life and the paradigms or the frameworks in which you bring to Scripture as you read. This morning, We're going to talk some more about some of these kinds of uh, uh, differences of thoughts that we bring to Scripture primarily around the word gospel and what that word means. And I want to start by taking us to, into the, uh, the mind of a Roman. So let me read this word to you as we get into it. And then uh, I'm going to try to transport us to a Roman mindset because that's who this book, this letter was was written to. So, um, the gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verse 1. Here we go. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If there's going to be a statement, a title for this letter, that's it right there. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Let me pray. God, as we come into this space in our hearts and in our minds, as we leave behind maybe the things that are uh, in our week behind us, Lord, we want to engage you, not um, separate from all the stuff in life, but with a different perspective, so that when we engage your word, Lord, we're not bringing our stuff into it, but that we then can review life and see life through the lens of your gospel, the lens of your good news to us. So God, this morning, help us set those things aside. Help us engage. Spirit, would you speak to us this morning? Would you come in powerful ways that this word studies us, that this word reads us, and that your words reveal in us the love that you have for your people. So God, we pray these things in your name. Amen. Oh, no. 
What a start. Okay. Let's see if I can get this. <clears throat> All right. I'll bring you into a Roman mindset. Here we go. In a little city named Priene, on the coast of Turkey, there's this small little temple, and they found this inscription there in the temple. So imagine you're on the coast there, and you walk in, and you see this not beautiful or ornate, but clearly a temple dedicated to something or someone important. And you walk in, and you see there inscribed in this temple this, um, these, these words. Citizens of Priena, since divine providence has brought life to the most perfect good, whom she filled with virtues for the benefit of all mankind, bestowing on us a savior of the world. For he has put an end to war and brought perfect peace by the advent of his birth. He brought the gospel of peace to all mankind. For that reason, the Greeks of Asia have on this day declared the new year should begin from now on, the 23rd day of September, the day of the birth of this God. Never will another gospel surpass the gospel that was announced at his birth. He was not only Lord of the empire, but Lord of the earth and the calendar and of time itself. And if we're not careful, we might stand and applaud and be like, yeah, like that's talking about Jesus. But it's not. That's an inscription written to or written about Caesar Augustus on his birthday after he came into power. This was several years before Jesus set foot on scene. This was long before this book of, of Mark's gospel was penned and written. And it was common for the ruler of Greece or Rome to give themselves a godlike status and some sort of inscription like this. In fact, the concept of gospel, or we'll put it up here, gospel meaning, okay, this is your turn, right? Gospel meaning... Good news, great. Okay, we're there. Gospel meaning good news, or in Greek, the word is euangelion. It's a great word. It kind of rolls off your tongue there. It means good news, right? The gospel, this euangelion, was not unique to the language of Scripture, and it was almost exclusively connected to the announcement of a political power or of a movement or a conquest. Don't worry. I don't want to like de decline or decrease what this gospel is for us because it certainly is unique to a storyline in scripture that we're going to pick up here in a second. But even when scripture uses it, it talks about it in connection to the reign of a king like King David. When he came in, there was a, a gospel or a heralding of good news or of Solomon or specifically this morning, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 40 and 52. And when we do, we're going to see this gospel that's pronounced. Alexander the Great had a gospel, a good news message, 
a proclamation of, of good news that he was bringing to the world. The kingdom of Greece is here. This was good news because it would bring you education and advanced medicine and entertainment and, and athletics and arts and aesthetics and plumbing and some kind of rudimentary air conditioning system. Uh, that's good news to the people of Greek that, uh, or of Greece that this, uh, this reign was here. Or the Romans, they had a gospel. Rome is here. We have uh, all their, you know, their gospels. We have all the good things that Greece had. Plus, in this time, we had Pax Romana. We had uh, a, a freedom in here. We had order and peace and uh, an increased stability and power and prosperity and expansion, right? All these things that Rome brought as gospel. So now imagine you're a Roman. You, you're in that space of this is how you, you announce the, the coming of a new kingdom, of a new king, of a new ruler, a new, a new thing. And you have this, you're in the space of like, this is the kingdom. And, and so Mark opens his letter to the people of Rome that says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. He was making a bold claim to the Roman communities in which this letter was being read, read out loud. This was a subversive statement. This is saying there's another gospel. There's another good news. And it's not the good news of the kingdom that you're thinking of. It's a different kind of good news. And so that's partly where I want our minds to be coming out of this morning as we re-engage this word gospel, because I think that we ourselves, I know that we ourselves, we bring our own understandings to this word gospel. We bring our own uh, history, our own past, our own teachings, whatever it might be, to this understanding of what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. And so when the, these Romans, when they heard this news of gospel, no doubt they had an idea of what this meant. This means there's a proclamation of something coming that's good, something new. But of course, they would say, what's, what's some of the implications of my life? So think about that for a second. You're in Rome. You've got you know, some, some good things going on around you, but you hear that there's this new king coming to power, a new force coming to power. You might start to wonder, what does that mean for me? What are the implications on my life my you know, security of where I am, uh, what financial implications does this have, the things that I've come to know and love. Do we still get to do those things? Do we still get to have those things? Is this essentially, this gospel, going to make life easier or is it going to make life harder? And no doubt, we have the same kind of questions when we hear there's a new gospel or there's the gospel of Jesus and we bring some sorts of our own questions to all of this. And I want us to wrestle with these questions this morning and after this morning as we go along in this. How is this going to change life for me? Because the gospel of good news will change how we operate, will change our life, will change how we see the rest of the world. And so I want us to wrestle with these kinds of things. How is this going to change life to, for me? And depending on our church background um, or implied meanings to some of these statements uh, that we see in scriptures, maybe our form or our understanding of the gospel has us questioning at times, am I really saved? 
Maybe that's the way we hear the gospel. And we bring it back to a question of, oh, man, am I, did I lose my, can I get my salvation back? And we have these kind of questions around how the gospel works. And maybe our understanding of the gospel makes us question, am I really saved at times? Maybe our understanding of, of what this gospel is has us believing that um, there's nothing really good in me. Um, not, my good works are you know, filthy rags. And, and not only do I see myself this way, but I see uh, my neighbor this way as well. And, and I don't see good in, in the creation that God has created and put uh, on this earth. Maybe my understanding of the gospel has us waiting on the return of Jesus Christ because then everything will be put back into order for us. Maybe our understanding of the gospel frustrates us because our faith isn't turning out the kind of blessing and healings that Jesus promised. I want us to wrestle with what is the gospel? And I know it sounds like a very basic question for us. What is the gospel? But I want us to kind of take a step back because the Romans thought they understood this gospel as it was coming to them. And Mark then is going to just go through this whole storyline explaining to them this gospel. That's why we're studying this book together. But I want us to start that place in our own spirit, in our own mind of Man, how do I understand what this gospel is? And so Mark starts with the beginning, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? He starts with the beginning, and he doesn't just uh, make an announcement. He wants to tell a story, and he draws us, the listeners, the readers, and those he's writing to into the story. And so it's like he's starting once upon a time, right? Once upon a time. In a kingdom far, far away, right? Like, let me tell you a story. Maybe those words, the beginning, takes you back to a story earlier in Scripture, all the way back to Genesis in the beginning. This is not accidental. This is where Mark wants our minds to be going of, ah, in the beginning, Let's start this story and let's bring you into the whole of what this gospel means for us. Let's look at the whole story. The gospel is a story that starts in the narrative of the Old Testament and then it's played out in the New Testament. We're going to talk about that some this morning. And then the rest of the book of Mark puts the actions, actions of Jesus before us, the reader. And then the reactions of the people around Jesus for us to look at and to begin forming our understanding and our opinion of what the gospel is. This is a story that he's telling. It's a storyline that he's drawing us into. And this is how he wants us to engage it as a story, not just a bunch of maybe bullet points um, of what the gospel is or is not. So he starts with, it is written. A Roman reader who reads this sort of introduction will be expecting 
this kind of announcement to be followed by a list of rules, a list of laws declaring uh, kind of legal uh, actions that are kind of enforced by legal legality or legal force, right? Like the Romans would re- read, it is written, okay, here comes a bunch of decrees. Here comes a bunch of laws, the ways that we're going to have to act this out. And instead, like we said, Mark takes them into the story when he says, it is written. And we read as the continuation of the story of the Old Testament into the gospel of Mark. So the gospel is more than just a set of truths. It's more than just a set of of bullet point ideas. It's It's a narrative that Mark is telling this whole way through. The danger of it being a set of bullet points is that we kind of truncate the gospel and make it say things that maybe it doesn't say. Um, that we bring it down, we try to make it tangible and, and small, uh, and it doesn't explode into the power uh, that Jesus has behind it when he brings it with force to this world and into our own lives. And so the gospel is more than just a set of truths, truths of I'm a sinner and Jesus died for my sins, and if I believe in him, I'll go to heaven instead of hell or something. Or, or a set of right beliefs that um, don't require action on our part, Uh, So that I can believe in Jesus, but discipleship, a life of following God, is optional. See, this is what happens when we bring the gospel down to a list of bullet points. We get off track with it. And so the story of God, and where Mark picks up here, the story of God is inviting his creation to bring heaven to earth. So let's go to the beginning real quick together. In the beginning, God created. And what he did He created man and woman in his own image, and he sets them there on the earth to rule with him. This was the in the beginning. This was the intention the whole way through, that man and woman would rule with God in the beginning. And after uh, after some time of ruling, they decided, man and woman, to define for themselves what is right and what is wrong. And in that moment... It was a critical shift, and sin and death entered the picture. But God wasn't done with his story. He wasn't giving up on what he wanted to have done and what he wanted to do with and through his creation. And so God and man couldn't rule together like before, but he has a new plan. And though he doesn't give up, instead he picks a man, Abraham, and his family. And he says, through this family, I'm going to bless all mankind. The whole world is going to be blessed because I'm going to work in this man. And then in his, his, his offspring and through his offspring, the rest of the world will know that I'm God. The rest of the world will, will understand my blessings. The rest of the world will see uh, that they can rule with me over this creation. And so as they became larger and larger, this family became a nation, the nation of Israel. And God, God called them to be a kingdom of priests that would live out the love of God for all to see and for any to become part of. That was the goal. Here's Israel. And this Israel is going to be a nation of priests And through the actions of of their temple worship and how they engage each other in community, this is going to be the way the world sees God ruling with his creation. But then they failed again. 
maybe on a larger scale or a larger stage. They fail again. They become um, in captivity uh, under the rule of Babylon at that time. And it's in this point of history when Israel is under captivity of Babylon, waiting to rule again with God, that Mark picks up this story that he quotes mainly from the book of Isaiah. And this is what he quotes. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. That's what we just read, but now I'm reading it from Isaiah. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of God shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Then he talks about this good news, this, this gospel. Fast forward a little bit on to verse 9. Go up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. I'll skip a little bit to verse 10. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. And then the people of Israel know what the coming and the rest of this story is. See, this is God proclaiming uh, his good news of him coming. The, the king is going to come again and set his foot on Zion. He's going to be there in person with them. Uh, verse, uh, or chapter uh, 53, verse 7 through 10, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring the good news, the gospel, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness and publishes salvation. Verse 8, the voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for, the eye, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Okay. So let's just like take a second. That's a lot of words that we just read. But this, all of this is the hope of Israel. As they're in captivity and they're waiting to be, have their own land back, this is what's being given to them by the prophet Isaiah. He's saying, this is what's going to happen. God's going to come back. He's going to free you from this. You're going to rule with him again. You get to hand in hand rule, not with a human king, but with God the king. And you get to be in his kingdom and you get to be under his his rule, and not just free from Babylon, but free to do the things that God's called you to do as a nation. And again, the world will see how great the gospel of God is, how great his plan is, except they didn't see this fully come to pass. Yes, they got out of captivity, and they got their homeland back, and they, they rebuilt the temple, God was silent. For almost 400 years, God was silent. And they saw a partial fulfillment of this. Not the, the fullness of what God has to bring. And they were waiting and waiting for this to come to its full recognition of, of this prophecy that they would see for themselves the coming personally, the coming back of Zion, the king, to say, our God reigns. This is what they're waiting for. And so Mark, in just three verses in his book, 
He captures the attention of the Romans and he brings them into the Jewish storyline and the reader into the narrative of this is what the gospel of Jesus is starting to proclaim. kingdom of God has come near. This is what he's proclaiming through the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people who are listening. It's clear. He's not teaching a Roman gospel, a gospel of power and conquest. He's not teaching a Roman gospel that life is going to be good and life is going to be uh, easy and you're going to have all this you know, great stuff uh, happen to you. He's not teaching the Roman gospel. He's not even teaching Isaiah's gospel um, of Jews reclaiming their homeland and reestablishing Jewish law and getting to be kind of their own people again. He's teaching a larger, greater gospel. And in some ways... He's not even teaching some of the gospels that we've grown up knowing. This would challenge even some of our own understandings. Maybe that gospel is like the social gospel that we've grown up hearing, or the prosperity gospel, or even pieces of the reformed gospel or the evangelical gospel. All these gospels are, uh, are meant to be a, a, a truncated view of or a, a quickened way of saying this is the gospel, and yet... When we do that, we start to leave out the fullness of what the gospel of God is, of what this gospel is that he's calling them to. The gospel is the kingdom of God has come near, and you're invited. You're invited to be part of this kingdom, and you're invited to participate in the living out of this kingdom to the rest of the world. What that looks like is going to come to life in the pages of Mark as, they, as we read and study through this. So here's where I want us to wrestle. I think that if I were to uh, like take a microphone and walk around the room and say, hey, what is the gospel? You know, if Jesus says, go preach the gospel. What are we to preach? What is the gospel, right? And I were to walk around and do that and ask you to stand up and like give your summary of the gospel. I won't, okay? Don't worry. We're not going to do that practice today here. Um, if I were to do that, I think we would get some, uh, some answers that were very similar, right? We'd, we'd have some underlying truths that were like, yeah, that's the gospel. Like we, we, we hear that. That's good. Yep. Okay. And then we start to hear things that were maybe different, that, that we didn't expect or that differ from one another. Because I think that as we try to put into words what we've grown up knowing or what we've heard in church or we've read in scripture, the gospel, I think that it's good for us to begin to wrestle with in our own spirit, what is this gospel about? What is the good news that Jesus is actually bringing? What is the good news of the kingdom of God? The gospel only becomes good news once we enter into the kingdom and participate with it, 
The gospel becomes good news uh, because it has meaning for us. It has something that, that, uh, that has something to do with our life and how it's going to change the way that we act and interact with the world around us. Uh, for, for instance, if I were to, uh, well, we're currently, currently, here's a fun announcement for us. We're currently in the process of looking for and search process of a worship pastor for Sun Hills, which is really exciting. I mean, that's a fun thing that we get to be interviewing people and talking through their paradigm of worship and, and engaging them and inviting them to, um, to be part Part of the Sun Hills family. So we're, we're currently in this process for a worship pastor to join Sun Hills family. And the day that we bring them up here and uh, ask for your affirmation uh, of, of their uh, life as a, um, or as their, their work in our ministry as a pastor, um, the day we do that, that's going to be good news. Like we're going to cheer. That's going to be good news because there's, there's a meaning behind that because there's a meaning that it's attached to their position and what that will bring for us as a church. Um, there's a meaning for what that means for you as a church family, um, what it means for our volunteers who've been serving faithfully on rotation, um, leading us in worship for the past like 18 months. Um, and if you like the person, it's even more good news for you, right? Uh, if you don't like them, then maybe Maybe it's not such good news. I don't know. Um, it's good news because it has meaning behind it. It's good news because it has something connected to it that's going to change the way that we act or interact with the world around us. The gospel is good news because it has something that changes the way that we engage the world around us. It's not just good news imposed upon us, but it's good news because we engage it. And that's what I want us to wrestle with this week. I'm not going to wrestle with it here. I'm intentionally, and this is a little, maybe a little dangerous. I was sharing with a, a friend earlier uh, before we started this morning that um, I want to I leave us kind of waiting. I want to leave us wrestling. And I know that that can be dangerous uh, for us because I don't, I don't want to leave us with questions or doubt or fear or something like that. Um, but I do want to leave us wrestling because I think wrestling is good for God's people. Wrestling is good for a church congregation to, to uh, pick something up and turn it around and look at it from different angles and begin to, to work it and say, how does this change my view of scripture? How does this change my view of life? So here's, here's the wrestling that I want us to do this week as we are engaging our community around us. And then I'm going to give us just a minute um, to pause with the questions that I ask and let the spirit begin to stir and wrestle. So Here's the wrestling. This letter was written to the people of Rome. And as I explained earlier, Rome had a gospel. They had it pretty good. Uh, at the time, they weren't oppressed people. Um, they had a good healthcare system. They had great entertainment, and theater, and art, and a good education system, and fun competition that they got to engage in and technological advances and they were powerful and they were wealthy and they were secure. And Mark says, I have good news for you that there is a better king and a better kingdom. And I wonder if the people would say, how is this good news? Why is this good news? For us. And that's where I want us this morning to wrestle internally. 
Because I don't think we're far from this same kind of uh, paradigm. We have, we aren't an oppressed people. We have a lot of freedoms. We have great things around us, good healthcare systems, education, all the things I, I just, um, education, someone raised their eyebrows at me just now. That's good. Um, we have good things around us. We have good things around us. I want to be careful. I don't tread into waters that this is not meant to be going into. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what I am saying. We have great things around us. This is good news? Why? What is, what is it that the gospel's bringing? What is it that Jesus is saying, I'm going to be king and I'm going to bring a kingdom? Because this is going to challenge Imagine what it would challenge in the lives of the Romans reading this. It's going to challenge some things in us. It's going to bring some, uh, not only was this subversive to the culture, this letter of, of the, there's a new king, it's going to bring that to our own spirits. There's a new king. There's a, a new way of life. This is going to challenge us. And so I want us to ask the questions, and we'll put them up here on the screen. How do you understand what the good news is that Jesus has brought. Now do you understand it? So maybe this is something you journal and you write down or you share with people, but how do you understand? If you were to write out the good news, how, would you, how do you understand what this good news is that Jesus has brought? And then what is good about God's kingdom now here? What's good about this kingdom that's here now? for us. And I don't mean to say those to cast doubt or fear or anxiety in your own life. I really want us to wrestle with these things. And so this might make you uncomfortable, these questions. These might make you uncomfortable because you might sit in there going, I don't, I don't know. I've been a Christian for like 15 years and I don't know. Like, what do you mean the kingdom? I don't, if I don't know this, does that mean I'm not saved? And like, it might like bring up all kinds of like crazy stuff in you. I don't want to uh, have you rush to an answer in order to relieve the anxiety in you. That's not the goal. The goal is not get an answer. The goal is the wrestling. The process that happens between right now when I ask the question until we get to wrestle with it and come to a, a, a solution with our friends and our family as we talk about this. This wrestling process, that's where we're going to find growth. That's where we're going to find uh, what God's doing in our life. It's not just knowing uh, how, to, how to end the wrestle, but it's wrestling together in all of this as we go through it. This is why we're studying Mark. Because he's going to take us into the story of why this is good news, why the kingdom of God is good news. So, so don't worry. We're going to go through these kinds of things together and see why Mark thinks it's good news for us and for these Romans. So I'll say one more thing. I'll invite the worship team to come up and then give you all a minute or two to sit with these questions and let them start to trouble you. Let them start to cause a wrestling Here's the one more thing. If, if this is like majorly troubling, right? Like you are just, oh, there's some angst and you just can't, like if you go home, you're just worried that like this is gonna plague you this week and you're like, I don't know how to answer this good news question that Eric asked and it's just like really bothering you. We can, let's talk. Like let's, for real, let's talk today. 
Uh, let's have this discussion now. I don't want to leave anybody this morning with some sort of like just unrepairable angst that they can't get over that, that just plagues them all week long. Let's have a conversation and continue this on. But don't rush to get an answer. Let God work with us in the process of this good news and what it means, what's good about God's kingdom here. So I'll pray here and I'll give us a minute or two of just silence. Might be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, the worship team can come up. It might be a little uncomfortable. It'll be a couple minutes of just silence. The silence is good. Let God begin speaking and wrestling with this. God, what do you want to say right now? Draw our attention of our mind and our heart, Lord, to your spirit. God, help us disassociate uh, some of the meaning that we've uh, assumed that, that sticks to these words, gospel and kingdom and all, so we can see it the way that you would really have us see it. God, prompt in our hearts the answers and the things that come out of this wrestling as we struggle through. Why is the kingdom of God good news? God, we give ourselves or give our hearts to you right now that you begin that work. With this good news came a new life, a new kingdom with a new king. Joe's going to take us home with a couple of songs that talk about how we came out of darkness into this new life and we have freedom. And it's not just freedom for today, but forever we're free. Think about that as we're singing these last two songs. sorrows and dead in my sin lost without hope and no place to begin your love made a way to let mercy come in when 
to end it, we get another song about a very happy thing. The day we get to leave with knowing that God's won.
We just sang about it. Now we're going to sing about it slightly differently. And we'll have a glorious day afterwards. <laughs> I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It wasn't my turn.
All right, well, hello? All right, <laughs> there it is. Um, you guys can go ahead and take a seat for just a minute. But little in couple things, first things first, second Sunday serving. Um, so what we're doing this month, which we're getting really excited about, is giving um, peanut butter and jelly to those who need it through Twin Lakes Food Bank. And we're really excited about that. And there's a fun little competition going on within that. So anyone 30 years old or younger is bringing peanut butter, all right? And then anyone 31 or older is bringing jelly. Now, I know the table outside looks like it has more jelly than peanut butter. But as we know, my 30 and younger will totally come through and I have total faith in them with the peanut butter. <laughs> so <laughs> with the funding, of course, from the 31 and older group. Um, so thank you guys for that, <laughs> helping us win. All right, so last thing. Um, yeah, so go ahead and participate in that. Super excited about that. Last thing is uh, just for, we have a woman's getaway. Going to Tahoe. Woo-woo, yeah, heard some of that. Yeah, super excited. It's going to be a great time um, just to, Great kind of place just to go and get away, recharge, and kind of get to hang out and connect as the woman of the Sun Hills family. So we're really excited for that. Um, Sign-ups are up now, and there is a limited number of spots. So we want to go ahead and start to extend that to you guys. And go ahead, if you're thinking about it or you think you want to do it, make sure you sign up quick because we only do have so many spots. So, yeah. And then last kind of sending is Eric was really mentioning that word wrestling with these questions. I really want to encourage us as a church body to not just hear these questions or hear this challenge throughout the week and kind of just be like, okay, that was cool, um, and come back, but to wrestle with it. I mean, wrestle with it internally, wrestle with it with God, but then also wrestle with it within community. Um, these are things that are meant to be shared and talked about within, like, within and amongst each other. So I want to encourage you guys in that. So as you guys go out to the week, um, wrestle with this. Yeah, thank you. Have a great week.